0: Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is John Keeley, and this is the podcast segment of the show that is not broadcast on station KALA. Our guest for the 430th show is author Mike Cole, who will be talking to us about his book, The Bronze Lie. Shattering the myth of Spartan warrior supremacy. Our history buffs for today's show are Jay Swords and Rick Sweet. Rick, uh, can you get us off with the first question? Uh,
1: I think I can do that. Uh, Mike, you mentioned in the in the earlier uh, segments about uh, you know there were women involved in the the Spartan uh, warrior culture. Uh, but it wasn't as benign and and wonderful as as Hollywood would have us uh, uh, see. What was the woman's role? How were they perceived uh, by their male counterparts and the public?
2: Um, So I I think it would totally depend, um, and it would certainly depend largely on class. And again, I want to reiterate the paucity of sources here and the difficulty of sort of perceiving Mm -hmm. a people who never really wrote wrote about themselves. But I would argue that um, most Spartan women, at least that were Spartiati, that were among the the, the top elite that we uh, always uh, discuss would leave, lead the lives of aristocratic women, which is to see that they would oversee the household. They would oversee um, the rearing of children. They would oversee the, the spinning and weaving of cloth. They would oversee the domestic slaves that worked inside the household. The best uh, corollary I like to give uh, to people when they're trying to imagine life uh, in ancient Sparta is to think of life on a medieval feudal estate, right, where you have the lord and the lady uh, the Lord is the knight and uh, is, you know, worried about the harvest and worried about being available for warfare and worried about politics, and the lady is sort of managing the affairs of the home. Um, it's, you know, of course, it's not a one-to-one corollary. Uh, this is not the medieval world, but it does help the casual uh, observer kind of try to form a picture. Uh, I, I do think that, again, I want to reiterate that while Spartan women did do some exercise there was some tolerance for nudity and there was um the ability to inherit property which is a huge huge difference uh still uh it, it ain't a great life you do not want to be a woman in the ancient world okay jay
3: I want to talk about <clears throat> what we can at least piece together uh, about Spartan military practices uh, in particular, what do the sources seem to see as Sparta's uh, military um, strong points what are they particularly good at um and and how do the do the rest of the um the ancient world up in some of that propaganda? Or are they more realistic in their, in their assessments? So sort of a two-part question.
2: Sure. So the, the the overall consensus seems to be that Sparta excelled in in the core of heavy infantry, which is to say the hoplite. This is the 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 core Greek infantrymen who had the hopla, which is the Greek for the complete panoply: the spear, the the sidearm sword, the the helmet, the breastplate, the greaves. Although I will point out that again, when you talk about the Spartan army, it's not monolithic. Like what it meant to be a hoplite changed over time. During the Peloponnesian Wars, you have people wearing almost no armor, whereas during the classical early part of the classical period, like at the Thermopylae and the Greco-Persian War, you see them more fully armored. In the Hellenistic age, they switched to fighting two-handed with pikes as opposed to spears, in imitation of, of the Macedonians. Uh, this is the kingdom that spawned Alexander the Great, whose way of warfare was coming to dominate the field. Um, but this heavy infantry supremacy. Uh, You know, your perceived supremacy, being more disciplined, being more organized, being more effective as a heavy infantry corps seems to be borne out by the sources. But that did not mean that they won every battle. They lost even some set piece battles between heavy infantry corps. And I mentioned this before, and I'll say it again, because it's very important, is that I believe it was social conservatism, that the Spartans sort of got high on their own supply and believed their own myth, that, the, that this heavy infantry corps had a social component that, you know, you didn't want to be anything else. It's sort of like being a knight in the Middle Ages. Yeah, it's a tactical role, but it's also a, a social role, right? You wouldn't want to be less than that. And that caused the Spartans not to invest in what we call in modern military terminology, combined arms which is to say missile troops, naval troops, um, siege warfare, cavalry. These are all things that are necessary to uh, prosecute effective battles. And Sparta constantly outsourced that. And we don't have evidence of them developing a strong native core of it in their society. And we do see that um, causing them problems later on in life. Even further is that because the citizenship franchise, which produces these you know, heavy infantry warriors, was not extended Later on in Sparta's history, we see them freeing their slaves and arming them as, as heavy infantry, which is really dangerous, When because if you train your slaves to be warriors, they might turn those arms on you. And it's a sign of how desperate Sparta was to um, have manpower uh, and their inability to extend the citizenship franchise that brought that about.
0: Um, Mike, let's take a step back because, and this is for our listeners, we've talked a lot about Sparta. Could you uh, give our listeners kind of the geographic location and uh, the size of their, their uh, civilization? Because we all here know that, but there's people out there that don't.
2: Sure. So, so Greece, uh, if folks can uh, picture it. It's you know, right across of the water from, from Italy and down from the Balkans. And Sparta occupies the Peloponnese, which is the uh, peninsula uh, in the south. Now, at times, Sparta could have what you would consider an empire, which would con, and and by an empire, I don't want you to think the Roman Empire, right? They certainly weren't controlling, you know, North Africa. But they did have a presence on the west coast of Turkey. They did have a presence through much of Greece, all the way up uh, into the kingdom of Macedon, depending on, um, or you would say Macedon, depending on uh, where you were in the period of history. They certainly were a powerful geopolitical power in the Mediterranean world. Um, all the way up until their uh, subsumation by Rome in the first century B.C. Um, so I do think that that is also a contributor to their um, mythic proportion, is that, you know, they were players. They were real uh, military players. I will say today, if you're going to visit Greece, and uh, I, I know I'm not going to make any friends who are Spartans saying this. Sparta is probably the, the least interesting modern city to go see. It's a it's little more than a wide space in the road. Um, you are far better off visiting coastal cities like uh, Pilos, uh, which Sparta uh, had conquered uh, in the past and where one of their more famous battles were fought. And, of course, Athens is pretty glorious. But I do think that that modern inheritance, right, if Sparta was this great and mighty City, which which was so significant and so indomitable, then why is it in the modern world? Athens is is the capital and the and the jewel of, of Greece. And Sparta, as I say, if you go visit it, there it ain't much to crow about. Uh,
0: uh, Dave, write the Sparta fan club off the K A L A list. Thank you, uh, Jay. <laughs> hey, a, a funny, a funny, a funny side point on
2: this: Petros Dukas, who's the current mayor of Sparta, actually attacked me in the Greek press. He was furious uh, with uh, my my description of Sparta. So I guess I've already uh, I've already ruined my my chance of getting the key to the city. I, I cross might as well that bridge. Yeah, that's right. that's right.
0: Wow, you friends aren't exactly on your side, are they? Here, Jay. No, no, not much. Yeah.
3: So I, I am curious to uh, to sort of think about. You know, we have the Macedonians come along. We have the Romans come along later. Um, are those militaries, through Plutarch and others, also sort of trying to pitch themselves in a in a Spartan? Uh, association, we're like them, um, you know, we're invincible like them, we're, you know, disciplined and organized and whatever, like them? Is there, hmm. is there even in the ancient world this sort of attempt to uh, improve one's image by association?
2: Um, you know, that's a great question, uh, and I, I, I'm going out on a little bit of a shaky limb here, because the answer is I'm not uh, a Roman or or uh, Alexandrian Macedonian historian. But I will say that no, I don't see the kind of propaganda myth-making that the Romans are invincible, or the the Macedonians are invincible the same way that I did. Sorry, I I keep forgetting to say Macedonians. It's a kappa, so I'm using it uh, as a hard K instead of a soft C. I will say that both the Macedonians and the Romans did introduce incredible tactical innovations into infantry combat that provided them with a degree of of, of an edge for much of their history, but I don't see that um, that kind of myth-making. Now, I do see the myth-making of individuals, so the, the sort of cult of Alexander the Great, and you constantly see uh, later generals being compared to Alexander or calling themselves a second Alexander. So individual personalities seem to have that kind of mythic proportion, but in terms of the of the nation-state itself uh, having that kind of narrative, 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 reputation, I mean, certainly, plenty of people trembled at the thought that the Macedonians or the Romans were coming to their doorstep. But this idea that they were unimpeachable or perfect warriors—I I, I don't see that in the sources.
1: Rick, yeah, I was. Uh, uh, as we're talking about the prowess of the Spartan uh, army, when did their prowess, their geopolitical? Uh, Influence wane where they were. Uh, let's say that uh, Sparta is the least interesting city to to visit.
2: Uh, <laughs> right. When, so when did they so, when did they start to wane? Right. So everybody knows about Sparta in the Greco Persian War, and it's it's such a shame because there's so much more history. I mean, they, they, you know, they didn't go out until the first century B.C. There was a Spartan king Cleomenes the third, who had this brief revival where he, he ruled as a despot. Uh, you know, Sparta usually had two kings, and he ruled alone and overthrew a lot of the representational government machinations that kind of kept Sparta a little more equal and basically ruled as a a sole tyrant. And he reformed the Spartan army along the lines uh, armed in the Macedonian manner, to quote Plutarch's description, which is to say that he equipped them with the long pikes that the that the uh, macedonians were using and he prosecuted a very energetic campaign in the end of the third century bc where sparta almost got back on its feet again as a real power and it was defeated by the antigonids the antigonids were a dynasty that were descended from one of um alexander the great's generals after his death antigonus Monophthalmus, um who defeated them at the battle of selasia in, in uh 222 bc which is a battle that i cover uh in the book um but there was this brief moment. That Sparta looked like it was back, and that it looked like it was going to be a, a real uh, ancient world power again and uh and uh that battle really sealed their fate and after that i would I would argue that they really were consigned to the dust kind of history, although they weren't formally cons- uh subsumed into Rome until much later
0: okay uh a question then being that well let's modernize it, being that you 've been to Greece and um do they still have um greek sarah as you said you ticked off the uh, mayor of sparta uh does he consider himself a greek or is are they still defining themselves by their um supposed ancient uh relatives
2: well so i don't want to speak for modern greeks um i i think it i think it really depends but you know greece is a modern unified european country these days i think that my experience over there is that you know, being from Sparta would be like being from Alabama in the United States. You know, you may be proud. I'm, I'm down here in New Orleans right now. And, you know, you see people who we, we just had Hurricane Ida, and there are all these people there defiantly proclaiming, you know, I'm a New Orleanian, I don't care about hunting hurricanes, you know, I'm, there's certainly cultural identity and allegiance uh, to the city of New Orleans and to the South that you see in the United States. And I think it's similar up there, you know, people from Theba, people from Athens, like there's certainly aspects of that that they bring home. But you know, it ain't the ancient world anymore, right? Greeks are, Greeks are people in Greece. But that said, I'm, I'm saying this from the outside, right? I'm an American uh, saying this from a, from a good distance. I, I will defer to actual modern Greeks in your audience for the truth of that.
0: Okay. We would like to thank our guests for today's 430th show, author Mike Cole, who talked to us about his book, The Bronze Lie. Shattering the Myth of Spartan Warrior Supremacy. The history bus for today's show were Jay Swords and Rick Sweet. You can listen to ROI as it's being broadcast on Friday nights on KALAHD2 88.5 FM and 106.1 FM in the Quad City region at 9.30 PM. You can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Put KALA HD 2 in the search box and look for ROI. Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard at soundcloud.com. Just put KALA Radio in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find ROI shows. You can also find ROI on your favorite streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. This is ROI recorded at station KALA, St. Ambrose University.